Today's shir is Masechta Yivamis Tafiyod. We'll be begin on Tafiyod Amal Aleph for the second line of Ad Karchina. Now, previous shir, back to Daftes Amal Aleph, the Gemara had quoted, had asked, had quoted that Levi asked Rebbe, "My area to Tana Tazvav. Why did our Mishnah only speak about fifteen Arayas? Listen, Tazain. Mishnah should have mentioned a sixteenth example, and Rebbe." Responded to Levi with a very sharp comment, as we explained in our previous shir. Kuvidumali, it seems to me he doesn't understand what he's saying. And what was the discussion? The discussion was if Aviv. Why is that case not mentioned in our Mishnah? And the Gemara, as we had in our previous shir, said because perhaps our Mishnah is not speaking about a case that involves Machlaikus. In our shir today, Rav Adaka Chanina says to Rav Kahanim Shmei the Rava, Loilam Isle the Rebbe Hani Klali. And all the Rebbe would agree that even if it's a case of a Machlaikus, it may belong in our Mishnah. However, as we're going to learn in the next parak, in order for it to be mentioned in our Mishnah, in order for it to be mentioned in our Mishnah, it has to be a case that could fit in to two examples. One, it has to be that Asura Lazeb, Materis Lazeb, that two women, as the Gemara is going to explain in a minute, fell to one person, to two brothers in Yibum. We have to be able to identify it as an example, Asura Lazeb, Materis Lazeb, that one wife is muttered to one of the brothers and the other one is muttered to the other brother. And it also has to be a case of two sisters. And says the Gemara, Hachkama. And this is what Le- Rebbe meant to say to Levi. To Levi. Iman Nusus Aviv, the two examples that we need as the next parak begins to teach us that they have to have a situation where two sisters fell to two brothers. And asura alazeh mataras lazeh, ba'ifin ba'achad mishkachslo, we indeed can have a situation that of that being the case, but we can't have them if they're both sisters. Or mitati to have that they also should fall into the category that they asura alazeh mataras lazeh, and also to have. The other, the other rule that that your sister forced you for yibum, it could be a candidate for yibum. There is no way with the example of anusas aviv for both of those rules to apply. And what Rebbe is saying to Levi, in order for an erva to be mentioned in our Mishnah, both of those conditions have to be achievable. And if they're not both achievable, then the halacha is that they can't, they're not mentioned in our Mishnah. And the Gemara explains why not. Because Yaakov on us. If we'll have a situation that Yaakov violated two sisters, Rachel and Leah, and Rachel had a baby Levi from, Rachel had a baby Levi, and Levi had, Leah had a baby Yehuda. Yaakov had two other sons from a different wife, Reuben and Shimon. So we have four brothers here now. 
Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda. They're all paternal brothers. And Reuven married Rachel, the woman who was Anusas Aviv, the mother, the mother of Levi. And Shimon married her sister Leah, who, uh, who was Anusas Aviv, the, the mother of Yehuda. And now Reuven and Shimon die without children. So in this circumstance, we have a situation, the two sisters fall to their, mother, to their sons for Yibam. However, we won't be able to achieve a case of That won't be because just like each one of them can't have Yibam with their own son, of course you can't have Yibam with your own son, they're also going to be a problem of a chais imai, the way we just explained this example. And since it's going to be a chais ivam, so it's not going to be a sur lezeh muteris lezeh, because both of them are also to each other, to each one of these two potential yavams. And in order for our Mishnah to mention it, says the Gemara now, both of those conditions have to be met. And both of those conditions are not met in this case. On the other hand, if Yaakov violated two women who are not related, and they have, from these two different women, he has two sons, Levi Vihuda, and now these women married Reuven and Shimon, the sons of Yaakov, and again, we're following now the opinion that one is allowed to marry Anusus Imoi, and now they fall to Levi Vihuda, so, indeed, in this case, it will be a surlazem mataris lazah, because the mother is also to a son, the other one is not also to a son, but these two women are not at all related. Because, and the Mishnah is trying to teach us that if the woman is a chayisukukasai, then we discuss is she stand for Yibam or not? But here it won't be a chalsukukase, they're not sisters. And therefore, because of that, says Rebbe Talevi, I could not mention these cases in the Mishnah. According to this, we don't have to have that every erva that's mentioned in our Mishnah has to fall into the categories that we speak about at the beginning of the next parak, Asulazem Teres Lazar, Dalocha that the that the sisters don't have to be mentioned. And furthermore, the Plukta Kamairi, it doesn't bother Rebbe that our Mishnah should be following a case which is a machlaikish, the machlaikish of Yehuda and the Chachamim. So if that's the case, why is he upset? when Levi wants to add into the mission in the case of Anusa Simai, why was his reaction, why was his reaction so strong when he wanted to, when he wanted to add this case to the Mishnah? Why don't you learn from our Mishnah the Masnissan of Yehudahi, that our Mishnah is following the opinion of Yehuda, that his opinion is that one may not marry Anusus Aviv. So, says Rabbi Talevi, since the Mishnais and our Perak are following the opinion of Yehuda, that one may not marry Anusus Aviv, that's why the Mishnah can't be mentioning Anusus Aviv 
as one of the ervis that Poiterosurusayim, because according to him, the brother who passed away could not have had possibly as a wife the woman who's Anusus Aviv, even though she's not his mother. And therefore, since she could not have been the wife of his brother, then there is no din of Poiterosurusayim. Because what is the foundation? What is the fundamental principle of our parak? The fundamental principle of our parak is that the brother married a woman who is an erva. The brother married a woman who is an erva to me and not to him. And therefore, she falls to me. And not only does she not chayiv and yibam, but as we've been discussing over and over, so is the Allah that our is exempt. But what was required for all that to be relevant is that that woman was a woman who was allowed to be married to my brother. And therefore, it's not only can I not do yibum in her, I can't do yibum in her, and I can't, I can't do yibum in her tzara either. But if she could have never been married to my brother, then the entire discussion that we're having becomes irrelevant. And that's why the Mishnah did not mention the case of Anusas Imoy. And that's what Rebbe meant to say, Levi, why do you want to include it? It could have never happened. Says the Gemara, what's the proof that our Mishnah follows the opinion, that the Mishnahis and our Perak follow the opinion of Yehuda, that Anusas Imoy is not one of the Irais that's discussed, because my brother could not have passably married Anusas Imoy? The Tani, we're going to learn a Mishnah, Metzashem, and Dafyud Gimel and Aleph. The Mishnah speaks about Sheish Arayis, six example of Arayis, Chamuris Me'elu, that are even more stringent than the 15 Arayis that were mentioned at the beginning of our Masech in our first Mishnah. Because the 15 Arayis that were mentioned in our Mishnah are all examples of women who the potential Yavam may not marry, but the brother who ultimately passed away without children was allowed to marry. The and that's why we have the example that we keep on discussing, that these women fell to the brother to Yibam. But we're going to learn in that Mishnah, Mitzvah soon on Dafyud Gimel, that the Mishnah speaks about, the Mishnah speaks about the other, uh, about women, that these women can't can be married to other people, but they cannot be married to, to my brother. And as we've learned in our previous shurim, when is there a din of Tsaris Erva? We learned that the din of Tsaris Erva only applies, we said, in a, in a, only applies in a situation where it's a woman who was, two women were married to my brother. My brother unfortunately passed away. And since my brother unfortunately passed away, I can't do Yibam in the woman who's an Erva to me. And since I can't do Yibam with the woman who's an ever to me, as we've been learning, I can't do Yibam in the tzara, with the Tzara either. However, what would be the halacha if somebody married two women, not my brother, and then he died? And one of the women that he was married to was a woman who's an ever to me, and one of the women he was married to was not ever to me, which, as the Gemara always calls it, a situation of shloi b'maka mitzvah. There was no mitzvah to do yibam. There, I certainly can't marry the woman who's an erva to me, but I may marry the woman 
who's not an erva to me. And as we've explained many times, what the Torah is actually teaching us is very simple. When, you, when my brother is married to two women, this is the fundamental principle of this parak. When my brother's married to two women, when my brother's married to any woman, the, the rule really is that that woman is an erva to me. The reason that woman is an erva to me is because of Dalocha, that she is my Eshesach. Under certain circumstances, specific limited circumstances, the Torah says there's a mitzvah of Yibam. When the mitzvah of Yibam is there, the Isr Eshesach is lifted. When the mitzvah of Yibam is not there, the Isr Eshesach is not lifted. Similarly, as we approach this case, if my brother was married to Derva, and my brother not only was married to Derva, she was married to the Tsaris Erva, and there is no Mitzvah Yibum. These two women are now to me, if there's no Mitzvah Yibum, Eishasach, a very serious Erva. If there is no Mitzvah Yibum, why is there no Mitzvah Yibum? Because she's not my Eishasach. So the woman who's an Erva to me is an Erva to me. The other woman is not a Tsaris Erva, and she's not an Eishasach, and therefore I'm allowed to marry her. And that's what the Mishnah we're going to learn that Yud Gimel speaks about because those six women that are mentioned there are women that can be ma- married to men. They're women that can be married to men and that sorrow could be an erva to me. But they can be married to other people and therefore, but not to my brother and therefore to the same Taurus. And the Mishnah lists them. Imai, Gashis Oviv, Vachos Oviv, so ask the Gemara, when the Mishnah over there mentions Imai, what is meant with Imai? Elam in the Suez Aviv, if it means the woman who was married to my father, so that's Hainu Aishas Aviv. That's the same as my father's wife. Why is it mentioned Imai and Aishas Aviv? El Alav, what must be the definition of a Nusus Aviv? And what did the Mishnah say about these women? What did the Mishnah say about a Nusus Aviv? They could be married to other people. They could only be married to other people. But to my brother, they may not be married. Who is the man that says that one may not marry a Nusus Aviv? Rabbi Yehuda, And therefore, the Mishnah, here our Mishnah, which wants to identify Ervis, who are ever to me, but my brother may marry them, cannot mention a Nusus Aviv. Now we understand why Rabbi Huda acted so, reacted so strongly to Levi. A Nusus Aviv doesn't belong in our Mishnah because my brother could not have possibly married a Nusus Aviv. Why are you saying that it can't be mentioned in our Mishnah? What would be the Aviv and Nusuf? What would be the Aloha if my brother violated this Isser and did marry a Nusus Aviv. The Allah is that, as we've learned many times, that Kedushin is not Typhus Bechai Vekrisis. If there's a woman that I may not marry, and if I'm not allowed to live with, and if I live with that woman, there's an Isser Karis, certainly if there's an Isser Mises Bezna with living that woman, the Kedushin is not Typhus. But if the Isser for me to live with that woman is only a Lisser Lav, the Allah is Kedushin is typhus. So therefore, if my brother married a Anusas Imai, then she falls to me to Yibam. And 
But to me, she's my mother. And that's why it should be mentioned. So the Gemara's question back is, yes, my brother Lechatechila should have never married that woman. Rabbi Yehuda Al-Perik is certainly following the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda that a person is not supposed to marry a Nusus Imai. But since the Aloha asked the Gemara is that if somebody married a Nusus Imai, the Kedushin is Typhus. So now we have an example where my brother married this woman. Again, repeating, he ought not have married that woman. And she's my mother and she forced to meet the Yibam. Answers the Gemara, simple tarots. The like Tani. The Mishnah doesn't speak about cases where a person married a woman that he should not have married. Ask the Gemara. So that's why it's not that's why it's not mentioned in our Mishnah, because our Mishnah is avoiding cases of a marriage that should have never happened. So if Ashi asked I could come up I could have a case that of a nusas imoy, even without a marriage that should not have happened. What's the case? Yaakov Yaakov violated his daughter-in-law, the woman who was married to his, his son, Ruven. And there was a very serious issue. What he did was a horrible avera. He lived with his daughter-in-law, who also happens to be an Ashish. And on top of that, what happened now was, and now he had a son. A son, Shimon, was born from that relationship. So now, Shimon is the son of Sora, the wife of his brother Ruvain. Now, what happened here was, when Ruvain married Sora, it was a perfectly fine marriage. Afterward, the story that we just mentioned happened where Yaakov violated his daughter-in-law, the Ashish, and they had that son, Shimon, from that act. And now Shimon's brother, they both have the same father, Yaakov, died without any children. Venofla and Sorrow, who's his legitimate wife, fell in front of her son, Nafla Kamei Berah. She forced to Shimon for Yibam. And the Allah is, certainly she's an Imoy. Certainly Shimon can't do Yibam and his mother. And our Mishnah would have mentioned Omega the Iyasira, since she can't do Yibam and his mother, Tsarasana So in other words, what's the Gemara saying? You wanted to avoid mentioning a case where somebody did, with the, where the brother married a woman who he ought not to have married. Our Mishnah was saying, our parent was following the opinion of Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says that a woman's, a, a brother is not supposed to marry, his son is not supposed to marry Anusa Simai. Here, when he married Anusa Saviv, here, when he married her, she wasn't Anusa Saviv. So why are we saying, why again do we come back to the question? That Levi asked Rebbe, why is it not included in our Mishnah? Our Mishnah only speaks about uh, uh, siblings who are kosher children. But a child that was born through an Avera, our Mishnah, uh, this woman, this, this son, Shimon, as we just explained, was born out of a terrible sin. He was born out of of man violating Eshesish, uh, who happens to be his daughter-in-law. So yes, she didn't do anything wrong. And she is legitimately married to Shimon's brother. But we're not talking about Shimon. Our Mishnah isn't speaking about Shimon, who was born in such a fashion. 
says the Gemara, and that's why goes back to Gemara to what we spoke about before, that Rebbe's reaction to Levi was so sharp. The reaction to Levi was so sharp that you're not realizing that our mission is avoiding speaking about people who were, who were created from such a terrible sin. So of course the Tori Evan asks a question. We learned in Sechta Chagiga about situations where a woman became pregnant because she entered the ambatya, she entered the bath where there was the semen of another man. There is no isser in that creation. There was no beer, there was no intercourse involved in that relationship. And then, But the child, who is not born in sin, still is the brother. So we have a case where it doesn't involve somebody doing a horrible Avera, and yet we could have the case that we just discussed. That's the question the Tori Evan asks. So the Aruch answers a simple teretz. The case that a woman will become pregnant and have a child in an ambatya is something which is highly unlikely. And our Mishnah is not referring to a situation where a far, where a where we're speaking about a case where somebody was born in such an unlikely manner. Our Mishnah is focused on normal situations. And that's why the Gemara, which says that we're not speaking about such cases, makes sense. The, we try to ask a question. How was Yaakov Avinu allowed to marry two sisters? Didn't the Avos keep the Torah even before it was given? And the Briskorov teacher answers, when is there an Isser to marry two sisters? That's when you marry two sisters, the Chup of Kedushin, on a prop, in a proper Jewish marriage. Yaakov Avinu did not follow the, prop, the marriage rules of Klai Yisrael. There was no Chup of Kedushin. And since there was no Chup of Kedushin, therefore Yaakov did not become Osir and his sister. Only if he would have married, married Leah first, only would he have married Leah with Chuppah of Kedushin, then Rachel would become Osir to him, and he would not be allowed to marry Rachel. But since there was no Chuppah of Kedushin between Yaakov and Leah, he was allowed to marry Rachel afterwards. So the Sefer Gvurus Yitzchak explains, this helps us understand another parish in the Torah. The Torah says that we know that Ruvain was took the Dodoim, and he gave them to, to Leah. And he said, gave them to Rachel. And the Medrash says that Ruven was four years old at that point. So the question is, how could Ruven take those flowers and give them to Rachel? The Allah is that if a child is still at his father's table, he's obligated, he has, doesn't have a right to make a determination what to do with what he finds. It all belongs to his father says the Gvurish Yitzchak, that since Yaakov Avinu did not marry Ruvain's mother Leah, the halacha that one is obligated to support a wife and to support her children who are Ketanim, is only when there was chup of the Kedushin, the Adas Yisrael. But if there wasn't a Jewish marriage, the obligation of a parent, to, of a father to support the child doesn't exist. 
So that's why Yaakov wasn't obligated to support Ruvain. If Yaakov wasn't obligated to support Ruvain, Ruvain was on his own, and therefore what he found, he could give to whomever he wanted. Says the Gemara, and that's as we just explained. Now we understand why Rebbe reacted so strongly to Levi. Says the Gemara, even though Rebbe had the stronger reaction, Rebbe added into the Mishnah the case of Anusus Imoy. And even though, as we just explained, the only way to add that to our Mishnah is by saying that Shimon was born in sin, that did not bother, that does not bother Levi from including into the Mishnah. The Tani, Levi, because as Levi understands our Mishnah, sometimes his mother will exempt her from the din of Yibam, or and sometimes she won't. And he explains, if his mother is the one the woman who was married to his father, and she married his bro- my brother, or That will be a case where the sorrow of this erva will be chayiv in Yibim Chalitza. Why? Because the woman who is married to my father, none of the brothers are allowed to marry that woman. So if, a, if one of the brothers did marry that woman, the halacha doesn't recognize that marriage. So if the halacha doesn't recognize that marriage, she not my Yeshesach. If she's not my Yeshesach, then she doesn't fall to Yibam. And her Tzorah is the Yeshesach, and she does fall to Yibam, and the halacha of Tzorah would not apply. Uh, however, in a case where the woman was an Anusus Aviv, and then she married one of the brothers. Because even if we're Paschal like Rabbi Yehuda, that a person is not supposed to marry a Nusus Aviv, if he did marry her, the Kedushin is Typhus. And therefore, since the Kedushin is Typhus, she is an Eshesach. But she's also an Eshesach that's an Anusus Aviv. And therefore, she falls to her son. Of course, there's no Yibam. And that's where the case will be. That not only she that she's exempt, but her tsara is also exempt. And says the Gemara, and says Levi, even though our Mishnah identified 15 Rayas, really, we ought to add one more. And what is the case? This case of Anusas Avis. So what does that mean? Our Mishnah speaking, our Mishnah according to Levi, is teaching us that we're even including cases of a marriage which ought not to have happened. So says the Gemara, If Levi is saying that those kind of cases ought to be included in our Mishnah, so ask the Gemara, That as we just finished, saying that such cases which ought not to have happened are also included in our Mishnah, then we should add another case into the Mishnah. Listen, we should include in our Mishnah a case of a chalitz Somebody did chalitza in, in, in the woman who was Yivamah to him. And then the chazva kitsha. And then he went and married her. And the aloha is that you're not supposed to marry a Yivamah. Kivin shleibana, 
Shuvloi Yivna. And then Mesploi Bonum. And then he dies without children. So what happened here was again, Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, and Yehuda are all brothers. Shimon married Sarah, Levi married Rivka, and Levi died without children. And Rivka fell to her brothers, to her brother-in-law's Fayibam. Shimon did Chalitz and Rivka. Once Shimon does Chalitz and Rivka, she's also to him with Isalav. According to Eshlokish, the other brothers are also to her with Isakaris. The halacha is that since, according to Eshlokish, since there's no longer a Zika of Yibam, because Shimon did Chalitza, so Rivka re- reverts back to being an Ashish Ach. Shimon then went and married her. Now, the Kedushin is Typhus. Because Shimon who did Chalitza in her, Shimon who did Chalitza in her, only has an Isalav with her. What is this Isalav? This of Kivin Shabana Shuv Yivna. So what happens here? To all the other brothers that we just explained, she has the old Isser of Eishas Ach. To the brother that married her, there's only a Chiv Lav. Since there's only a Chiv Lav, as we've been learning in our Shir, when there's only a Chiv Lav, Kedushin is Typhus. But to the other brothers, there's an Isser Eishas Ach. And that's what the Mishnah teaches us, the Miga Asira, since she can't marry one of the other brothers, because as we just explained, she has the Isra Eshesach, the Aloche will also be a Tsarasa Nami Asira. Amalei, so Yochanan says, so, so if, if, according to Levi, as we've been explaining, our Mishnah is even speaking about cases which should not have happened, why wasn't this case included? It should indeed the brother who did chalitza should not then marry the woman who he did chalitza in with. But but the evidence okay. Our Mishnah speaks about the case of tzara, and our Mishnah speaks about tzara tzara. The case of tzara tzara is only applicable in a case where the erva is only also on one of the brothers and not on one of the other brothers. And therefore, as we explained, let's go back to the first case of our Mishnah, where we had a number of brothers. And one of the brothers was married, one of the brothers was married to, one of the brothers was married to my daughter, and my, and she fell to Yibim to me and to my brothers. So, it does, to me, she's not, I'm not able to do Yibim with her, and there's a din of Tsaras Erva that I can't do Yibim with her Tsara. But then, one of the other brothers did Yibam with that Tzara. The halacha is that if that woman will ultimately fall again to me to Yibam, since at one point she was Asr, so she never becomes Mutter, the first thing of Amasechta, and not only does she never become Mutter, but I can't do Yibam with a Tzara Tzara. But that is in the unique situation that we just explained, that she's only Asr to me, but she's not Asr to all my, to all the other brothers. But the case that we just identified, where one brother did chalitza in, in, a, in, in, a, in a woman, in a sister-in-law, so he has an isla after her, and therefore the Kedushin is typhus. All the other brothers don't have, a, don't have an isla. They have, as we were explaining, an isakaris. And they're all equal in that isakaris. So there won't be a case here of tzaras tzara. And our Mishnah doesn't mention tzaras tzara. But ask the Gemara, 
Why didn't Reb Yochan answer to Eshlokish? Chayv Lavenhu. This woman to which Chalitza was done is only a Chayv Laven. The Chayv Laven b'nei Chalitza v'yemenhu. According to Reb Yochanan, not only is the brother who did Chalitza with that woman no longer in this Akaris, only in Isalav, but all the other brothers, all the other brothers only have a Chayv Lav. And if that's the case, the halacha is that they are subject to the halacha of tzaras tzara. Because somebody who's only a chai v'lav is only, is subject to yibam and chalitza. We won't do yibam, but we will do chalitza. Because when we learned in our Mishnah that a woman who's an erva doesn't fall to yibam, that was only like an chais ishtai, who's a chai, which is a chai v'karis, but not a woman who's a chai Lav. So why wasn't the mention in our Mishnah? According to Rabbi Yochanan. Says Rabbi Yochanan, Ledvarav Kamalei. Rabbi Yochanan is addressing Rish Lakish. Lidadi, that according to me, that the Allah is, that there is no Chiv Kuris on the Chalutza, not just to the brother who did Chalitza, but to all the brothers. Chai V'lavenhin. V'chai V'lavenhin b'nei Chalitza v'yibim nenu. El edah Chai V'krisis According to you, that it's a chiv creases to the other brothers. Why is it not mentioned? It's not b'tzaras tzara. So as we've been discussing, if somebody does chalitza with his yivama, there's no more mitzvah yibam, but there's no longer an isha eishes ach anisa karis. There's only anisa laugh. The pasuk kachiyas lishes layivnas base achiv kivin shleibana shuv layivna. To teach us that there's only an iser of lav. And as we just discussed, itma, we speak about this case. Itmar, hachayl suivimtai, somebody did chalitza, v'chaz v'kitcha, now you did kedushin in that woman. Amr Shlakish, who ain't al chalutza karis, he's not chayiv karis, she's not, the chalutza, the woman who he did chalitza with, is not a eishasach, does not revert back to being an eishasach. Achim chayyavan alchutzukaris. Rishlokish' opinion is that all the brothers who did not do chalitza to her, to them, this woman, the the woman reverts to being back in eishes ach shloim b'makamitzvah. The tzara, but on the tzara who chalitza was not done, chalitza was not done with. That means the first brother who passed away had two wives. On one wife they did chalitza. And the other wife, once Chalitza was done on one wife, the other one is not Chayv in anything, is us in anything. Bein hu bein achim, since she's not a Chalitza, when is there, when is there a loka that the Chalitza is only in Isalav? On the woman who was the Chalitza. But the Tzara who was not the Chalitza, Rishlokish will agree, is a regulation, reverts back to being a regulation Tzach. And that's why Chayov and Al-Tzara Karis. Bein hu bein achim, no, there's no chorus. Once these women fell to Yibam, and one woman had chalitza, so that woman is not chayiv chorus, and not hatzorus not chayiv chorus, and no one is chayiv chorus. My tamed Rishlokish says, what is Rishlokish's opinion? I'm a crow. The Pasuk says, Asher la yivne. Kimish la yivne. To whom is the Pasuk? 
talking to, says Rish Lakish. The Torah is speaking to the brother who did Chalitza. And the Torah is telling that brother, he who, who did Layivna, he now, Isser and that woman, is only Chiv Lav. Kiv Shabana Shlov Layivna. Avil Shar Achiv, Avil Achiv, the other brothers, they remain where they were previously. That is the opinion. That is the opinion of Reish Lakish. Only the brother who actually did Chalitza has this has this special dispensation. And says the Gemara, "Alei the day," and who says Reish Lakish? Who is the woman that we speak to? The woman we speak to is the woman who. We, the woman, the woman we speak to is the woman who had chalitza, but the tsara, who the kaibala yivna, she, he's the woman, she's the woman that has the slav tsara, but the tsara to whom there was never any yibam or chalitza, the tsara to whom there was never any yibam chalitza, the locha will be she kedekaimikaimi, she's an eishasach, an eishasach, of course we know has an isakaris. Rabbi Yochanan Savar. How does Rabbi Yochan approach this situation? He says, Me, Kamidi, how can we look at this situation? When the brother died, and when the brother died, he left two wives. And when he left two wives, Mikari by Haichalitz, he by Haichalitz. He could have done Chalitza on either of the two wives, that, uh, either of the two widows. Since Chalitza could have been done with any of these two women, Therefore, the Issacharis, since they were candidates for Yibam Chalitza, fell away. And therefore, says the Gemari, the brother who did the Chalitza didn't only do Chalitza on his behalf, he did Chalitza on behalf of all the brothers. He and she who received the Chalitza didn't only receive Chalitza on our own behalf, she received Chalitza on behalf of a Tzara. If somebody did chalitza in his yivinta and he died, and then he married her, which he should have not done, but it's it's a laugh. So says Rabbi Yochanan Shlokish. According to me, that say that this woman to the other brothers, not just to the brother who did chalitza, is chayv laven inu. So then it says only Chayvi Lavin, as we said earlier in the Shir, because if there's only a Chayv Lav between me and that woman, then Chalitz is required. According to you, the brother who married her indeed only violated a Lav, and since he only violated a Lav, the Kedushin is Typhus. But to all the other brothers you said, there's a Chayv Karis. If to all the other brothers, there's a chiv karis, how can we say that there's chalitza? Says Rishlakish to Rabbi Yochanan, Ulde Tameich, Eimaseifa, let's continue learning that b'raisa. Amen Echem Echem Kachem, one of the brothers, if one, a brother did chalitza, and, and a wife, and now one of the other brothers of Mekadosh, Enlav Klum, it's meaningless. But ask the Gemara, ask Rishlakish to Rabbi Yochanan, if you are correct, that once Chalitza was done with this woman, then not only is she only a Chiyiv Lav to the brother who did Chalitza, but she's a Chiyiv Lav to all of the brothers, so why ain't love Klum? There is a marriage 
Kedushin is typhus by Chayv Alavin. Amr Sheshis. So Sheshis, in order to answer that question, says, Sefer Osin Lerbekiva. The Sefer is going according to Lerbekiva. Dama and Kedushin typhus by Chayv Alavin. And therefore, she's not, even though she's only Chayv Lav, it's not Kedushin. So says the Gemara, if that's what's meant in the Sefer, the listening, so we should identify and expressly say, Lerbekiva, 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 Klum. Says the Gemara, Kasha. That is the, that is indeed a kasha. Why does, if that's what the sefer means to say, that's going according to the opinion of Akiva, it should have, it should have said so. So our Gemara just introduced a very important concept. The Gemara introduced the concept where if one brother does, does Kedushin, does Chalitza, is that a Chalitza for all the brothers? Is that a shlichus for all the brothers? Or is that not a shlichus for all the brothers? It's just the brother himself that did it. And the same thing if one of the wives received chalitza or yibum. Is she a shlich for all the wives? Or is it only a relationship between herself and the individual who did yibum or chalitza in her? And the Gemara explained that the machlaikas is a considered shlichus. There's a very fundamental machloikus achroinim. How to understand that Rabbi Yochanan clearly understands that since they're all only chayiv alavin, that's considered the Gemara said shlichus. How do we learn the shlichus? Rabbi Noida Behuda learns that it's a regular case of shlichus. The brother who did Yibam Mechalitza is acting as a shliach for all the brothers. The brother who is acting as a shliach for all the brothers. And the wife who received Yibam Mechalitza is acting as a shliach for all the wives. Daphne Nezer disagrees. And he says that we can't look at this as a regular case of shlichus. We can't say that this Yovim is a shliach for all of them. What it means to say is that he's not acting as a shliach. What it means to say is that he's absolving them of their obligation. They all have, all the brothers have an obligation. When one brother does it, he absolves them of their obligation. All of the wives are supposed to have Yibam Mechalitza. When one wife is the wife that has Yibam Mechalitza, she's doing it on behalf of all, she's receiving it on behalf of all the wives, but not in the case of Shlichus. And the Achroinim say that this would be a very important Nafkamina Laloch Lamaisa. Because the Aloch is that when one does a mitzvah and he has, a, and he's appointing a shliach to do it on his behalf, it's most appropriate that the person who's appointing the shliach should stand next to the shliach when he's appointing him. There are a number of examples in halacha. One example is by bris milah, where somebody is asking a moil to do the bris on his son. The minig is that the father stands right next to the moil by the bris milah and appoints him to be the shliach. Another very important halacha. And that is that a father, that when somebody is doing B'dikas Chametz, and for whatever reason, he's not able to do B'dikas Chametz in the entire house by himself, and he asks other family members to do the mitzvah, to help him in being his shliach. The appropriate thing that Paiskim will say is that when he, when he makes the bracha on B'dikas Chametz, he and the shlichim should all be standing together, and he should make the bracha with the shlichim standing there, and then they should do the mitzvah. 
Of course, the examples are not really perfect examples because in all the cases that I just spoke about, it's not just that I'm pointing a shliach, but the shliach is actually doing something. The shliach, the moil, is actually the one who's doing the brismila. The shliach, by the bedikas chametz, is actually the person who's going to be doing the bedikas chametz. So that's where it's appropriate that the mishaleach and the shliach should be standing next to each other. Even by the case of Yibam, by the case of Chalitza, yes, the, shli, the, the brother who's doing the Yibam, according to Naida Behuda's interpretation of Rabbi Yochanan, is acting as a shliach. But even if he's acting as a shliach, he's not doing, the, he's a shliach for the other brothers, but the other brothers aren't doing anything. But still, suggest the Achroinim, if we're going to learn like the Naida Behuda, if at all possible, all the other brothers should actually be there when the brother who's doing chalitza is doing chalitza. And maybe all the wives should be there as this one wife, who is the shliach for all the other wives, is receiving the chalitza. But if we're going to learn like the Avni Nezer, that this word shlichus that's being used in the Gemara is not being used in the traditional sense of shlichus. It's just what the Gemara meant to say was that by this brother doing the chalitza, he's absolving all the other brothers of any obligation. That by this one wife receiving chalitza, she's absolving all the other wives from any requirements. So then for sure there would be no need under any circumstances for all the brothers and all the wives to be there at the chalitza.